0: Hey guys, Steve
1: here. Today we're going to talk about growing with fishes. Growing with fishes. Hey everybody, welcome to Growing with Fishes Podcast, episode 330. Anyone believe the word? It would help if I turned my video on. It's been one of those mornings. Uh, uh, Today we have Jordan River joining us again. Thanks a lot for joining us, Jordan.
0: Hey, what up, Steve? It's good to be here, man. Thank you for having me.
1: We also have Wes Engine. How's it going, Wes? Oh, I guess he's still connecting his microphone. We'll get to him in a moment. uh, I'm just all snazzy because I had to do my photos for immigration today for my 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 long long term red stuff, and I get my hopefully get my stamp on my passport today for my long term stuff. But I have all the paperwork done. I have all my work permit stuff done, and all the, all the hard parts done. I just going to get the last name.
0: So. Yo, That's big up potent to... pod next. Big up Jordan. What's up, man? How's it going?
1: Um. So uh, we have a bunch of great stuff going on today. Um, before we get started, I got one more little thing to play here. Seeing as I find the right thing. Sorry, again guys, probably we I'm more prepared. Today's been a
0: bit of a disaster. It's one of those days. In the words of the great Biscuit, it's just one of those days. <laughs> Frienders. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you're
1: looking for more education on Aquaponic Cannabis, please consider the Aquaponic Cannabis Masterclass at apmjclass.com, featuring over seven days of in-depth, hands-on educational content with Marty Waddell and Stephen Reisner as your guides through the aquaponic cannabis universe. We'll cover everything from construction of large commercial facilities, uh, home size systems, backyard systems, nutrients, pest control, diseases, everything you can think of, and uh, and so much more. So be sure to check that out at apmjclass.com. And if you're looking for aquaponic cannabis or living soil uh, pest control courses, and please check out uh, thepestclass.com where we have a huge in-depth course on pest control, how to make your own um, biocontrols, as well as in-depth guides and identification guides for a whole slew of different pests that you might encounter in your aquaponics garden. And It's not strictly just geared towards cannabis, uh, it's also geared towards vegetables as well. So be sure to check that out if it's something you think you might need to improve in your education. Uh, and speaking of education, um, one of the best people for cannabis education we have with us this evening, Jordan River, who has all kinds of amazing classes across the country. Uh, has been all up to all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, what's new with you there, Jordan? I know you're working on a really cool event in Oklahoma. When I heard about what you guys are doing, I wanted to get you guys on to support you guys, especially after the shit show that happened with some of the events last year in Oklahoma. So it's nice to see some of the good people kind of leading away the way with a better example.
0: Man, Steve coming in hot. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate the kind words. Um, Yes. So for first time viewers, I am Jordan River from Growcast. That is very kind of you, Steve. Uh, We've been doing the show for a long time, and it's because of really knowledgeable guests like Steve and many others uh, that I've been able to put on a good show for a while now and and educate growers. So happy to be here. I know our audience has a lot of crossover. I love your community, man. Um, And yeah, we're super excited. Uh, we're doing classes all over as usual, but what I'm most excited about possibly is the community cup, what you just mentioned, coming up in May in Oklahoma. So we've teamed up with Sherweed sure Forest, we're doing a whole day of education, and we're doing a cannabis cup. I'm really, really excited about this event. Again, it's going down May 7th, um, and it's here in Oklahoma City at the Oklahoma City Public Farmers Market. Steve, there's a couple of things that I wanted to accomplish with this, with this event, because I've been to a lot of events around the nation. And I I really wanted to do something uh, community oriented and grower focused. So there's a bunch of things that I wanted to accomplish. One was incorporate veggie growing as well. I want this mission to kind of expand out of the cannabis space. We can oftentimes be very insular. You know what I mean? In the cannabis space to to expand beyond it can be very difficult for a lot of people. So I want to bridge that gap using vegetables um, and tying in with the farmers market. So it's a, it's a day of education, and it's also, uh, it's also a combined cannabis cup. Now, if I'm being perfectly honest, when I first envisioned this, I wanted an open cannabis cup where anybody can enter, and it's a people's choice, right? We did run into some legal issues at that point, because if you're allowing home growers to participate in a people's choice cup, you're encouraging um, untested flour to be consumed. Right. And so that's a no go. So what we did was we have the home growers showcase where home growers can come and submit their buds and the speakers can give them accolades. Like, for instance, you know, Brandon Rust right there might say, OK, you were my favorite of the night. You get the token Brandon Rust favorite uh, award. So there's accolades to be won on the home grower side. And then there's a people's choice cannabis cup for the licensed cultivators. So it's pretty cool. Uh, again, it's like a cannabis cup and then also a full day of education. So it's going down May 7th, and I'm, I'm really trying to do it right, man. Bring the people together and uh, put on a good show. Food, fun, and a lot of education. So if you were here, man, you know, if you weren't out there in Thailand, it's a pretty good excuse to skip the cup. You're in Thailand. So I can't, I can't fault you for that, but I am very excited about it. And if you were here, you would be speaking at this thing, man, 100%. <laughs> well,
1: I appreciate it. Uh, unfortunately, the beginning of May is like going to be like, the, the the deepest part of our you know, harvest of this fact, so there's no way. I can do that. You're
0: gonna
1: be you're gonna be really, dread deep
0: uh, in in cannabis plants in the middle of this high jungle. I got you. We have uh
1: we have somewhere between eighteen and twenty thousand plants now at the farm and
0: county. So uh, Jesus, dude, <laughs> we're you're a bit doing full it big. Now. You're doing it big out there. But yeah, man, I'm super stoked on this. So just stay tuned for more. Um, obviously, follow Growcast at Growcast on Instagram and Growcast Podcast on on all the podcast platforms, YouTube, whatever. Um, Tons of great people. You we got
1: Randy Rust, OK Calix, Touched by Cannabis, Farmer John, Rizzo Ridge, uh, yourself. Tons we're of adding speakers too. Highly knowledgeable people.
0: Too. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. And We're going to do more of these. The next one is going to be uh, Community Cup uh, Rosin. So we'll do a concentrate one. We're really going to try to try to make this event um, what cannabis should be. The slogan is bringing community back to cannabis. So that's our plan. I'm excited about it, man.
1: Yeah, it's it's fucking great. And, uh, it's always nice to see these types of organic community events, rather than some of the, uh, some of the overly corporate doing stuff that we've seen in the last few years.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's like, I, I I totally agree, Steve. Like I 100% agree. Um, and there's room for everybody, right? Like these business to business ones have a different vibe. And that's not what I'm looking for. I I thought to myself, what can, what can we do different? What are other people doing wrong? First of all, a lot of these events that I've attended, you can't even smoke indoors. So like indoor consumption on the spot has to be a prerequisite, right? Um, Another one is the judging system. Like I said, I wanted to do a people's choice. It's really, really simple. And that takes all of the, you know, All of the power away from the judges. Why a lot of people probably don't want to do it, but it just—it's literally just a people's choice. A hundred judges get flights, and they each get a token. I'm—I'm really excited about it. Couldn't be more excited, man. I know I keep saying it, but it's true. So shout out to Sir Weed Forest. Shout out to all the speakers. Um, Thank you, everybody who's helping out with that community cup May seventh, Oklahoma. Super stuff.
1: Awesome. I know you're working on uh, uh, all kinds of cool stuff right now. Um, pull up your, your notes this morning um yeah you had um uh, so what are some of the new classes and, and other stuff that uh, you have uh, coming up i know you're working on some good
0: things uh-huh. well. thank you for asking steve yes our next class is in two weeks and it's in rockford illinois and this is a home breeding course so one of the things that we realize when we talk to my community is like i believe that every grower should breed at least once in their growing career right Um, it's so easy. It's so fun. It's so in depth. So one of the things that we found is a lot of people are like intimidated by the basic application of the breeding process, right? So we're like, okay, we'll put on a breeder workshop. How do we take it to the next level? Well, how do you take it to the next level? We turn it into a whole event. It's a four hour class. It'll teach you everything you need to know, but more importantly, we're going to give you a bunch of seeds to start your breeding journey. We thought if we give them a couple of each of these different cultivars, a wide variety of them, then that'll really give them a nice jumping off point. So every student gets free seeds, uh, will have food on site, and it's a in-depth course from like pheno hunting and, and and learning about what desirable traits are going to work for you, either medicinally or what have you, um, and all the way through to the application of the pollen, preserving and soaring st- seeds, everything you could think of. Uh, and that's May 4th. Because, you know, Steve, like I said, um, there's a lot of like mysticism and... I don't know how to put this charitably, but like, I just feel like, I feel like people act like breeding is much more elevated than it actually is. Anyone can do it. Everyone should do it. You know what I mean? Cannabis is easy to breed for a reason. Like it lends itself to this process so well. And anybody who's had an accidental bag seed pollination and they grow and find something amazing knows what I'm talking about. So we want to like tear down that wall and get as many people breeding as we can. Um, and, and yeah, I think that, to be honest, I think that there are some breeders who are, um, they're they're reticent to allow people to t- to do this themselves and teach people to do this themselves because somehow they think that it'll put them out of business, right? Which I don't even agree with, first of all, like I think breeders buy more seeds than anybody. Um, and like I said, it's so easy. So we just want to get people set up and started um, and, and yeah, we're looking for, you know, different ways to expand our genetic library. Steve, we've been talking about you and some of the seed work that you have. That's so fucking cool. And, and that's what we're looking to do with this, this, this breeder class, which we're taking on tour. So shout out to Rizo Rich. He's the man. And uh, he's the one that's going to teach this class. It's, I'll be there at every one. And like I said, everybody leaves with a breeder kit to go home with and all the knowledge you need. Like no questions. So that's the, that's the heard, fun part. I heard there might even be some Thai stuff in there. That's what I heard, man. That's what I heard. I really appreciate that, man, because if again, if you're thinking about doing this, how cool is it to walk away with, uh, you know, a variety of of genetics to start your your breeder stock? I love that each grower has, like you talk about the botany of desire, right? Like this idea that the plant is proliferating itself by pleasing us. And what fascinates me is I talk to these different growers and they have like one or two like burning points in their mind about cannabis. So for instance, it's like, man, I just really, really like diesel terps. It's all I want. I'm thinking about starting to breed because I found a bag seed of some really good diesel and maybe I should pop this and do a feminization or it's like something medicinal. You know what I mean? It's something that the plant is expressing and pleasing in this person that they becomes their whole shtick for for the whole grow career, right? Um, and so I think it's funny that everybody has those kind of unique points for what they look for. And at the end of the road, what you get to is breeding. What you get to is, okay, I know what I like in this plant. How do I proliferate this? Sure. I can take a cut and keep it around forever. That's great. But eventually you're like, I need to cross this. Maybe even do a little bit of hunting through there and do some back crossing and try to stabilize something. That's, you know, a lot of people would argue that's, that's the end game to a lot of this. Um, is that botany of desire and the plant pleasing us enough to be like, let's make some more genetics. Let's make some babies. So I think I
1: uh, breeding is easy, but phenol hunting is hard. Finding those gems, you know, you got to pop a lot of seeds. And-,
0: and there's real luck involved, right, Steve? That's the crazy thing about pheno yeah. hunting is there's legitimate luck involved. People don't get that. Um, no, and... Know- and-
1: I think that's why it's so appealing to a lot of newer people is because you can get real lucky in the first three or five packs that you buy, find a really fucking amazing cut. You know what I mean? So that's one. it's almost like gambling
0: in a way. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I was just going to say is it it becomes very appealing to someone that like, yeah, you can get lucky in the first 12 pack you pop. Like you said, you're going to find something really, really special. Like it's a numbers game. And I think that's an important point, Steve. And I think you would agree with this is the, phenical, the phenotypical expression between these different cultivars and, and between the, the genotypes within them is so vast that it is like spinning a roulette wheel at that point. And people shouldn't be surprised if you know there's differences in this pack or if they have to hunt through 100 seeds to find something similar to that or 1,000 seeds to find similar, something similar to that one that they lost. Um, it really is like a genetic crapshoot. And for better or for worse, anyone can get lucky, but the, unicorn, the unicorns are rare and they're rare for a reason. So it's just really, really interesting to think about that and like sample sizes and how that translate to the, to the pheno hunt.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, shit, we're, we're seeing that right now. Like we found one analgala that has a smooth edge leaves that's stable. All the other ones have, some of its sisters will throw one or two leaves and then immediately reverts back to a normal looking leaf. And that Thanks can be really frustrating too. And what's interesting uh, and, and uh, another component to this topic is that when you're uh, looking for certain traits, let's use Australian bastard gambas, those really small, funky beef types. You're not gonna see that on an F1 at all. You'll get 0% on an F1. Wow. But an F2 and an F3, suddenly that trait comes back out. So a lot of times you have to take it to an F2, three or four before you're gonna start to see a large enough percentage of some of the stranger traits, if it's double recessive, you're going to have to have that back cross and, and 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 do that that way. And it's something I think a lot of people too, they're like, man, if I cross this with this, I'll get this. And it's like, yeah, but you might have to take it to an F2 or an F3 to find me. And I think that's something that maybe isn't really explained important point. to a lot of people on the breeding side of it uh, on those types of trait chases
0: super super uh, important point you're absolutely right um and i want to talk about backcrossing crossing and ask, ask you a question actually but this smooth leafed variety was so cool dude when i saw that post that's insane the non-serrated cannabis i can't believe how much it looked like i can't believe how much we attribute the look of cannabis to that serration when you take it away i was looking at a house plant suddenly it's so cool that was one right. of the coolest things i've ever seen man is that smooth leafed variety
1: yeah, I've, n- I've only seen one or two leaves like that. I've never seen a
0: stable plant like that. That's the first one. That's insane. That's totally insane. Um, so but you, yeah. have,
1: you have a lot of great genetics that you guys have in your uh, in your projects, your peach quake and a bunch of other ones that I've grown. Now. What are some of the cool ones that you guys have been working with lately?
0: Thank you, my friend. Um, so we like to uh, kind of provide to the community, the Growcast community. Um, and so our last drop was a fem drop. Uh, anybody who's interested, you can find it at the website um but it was riser rich's first fem drop so he's going to go back to his traditional breeding after this but we really like to do what the community wants at the end of the day we're here to serve the community um and that was what was on the list so uh, aside from the fem drop though man i'm mostly uh i'm mostly excited about the peach quake pollination like you said and i would love to pull up a picture right now and just shout out a couple of people um Wolfman named a strain from the last peachquake pollination. Shout out to Wolfman! If you tune into Growcast, you'll hear more from the great Wolfman. Um, And he named a strain, Peaches on Regalia, right? Which is a Zappa reference. Well, it's really funny because this became one of the most like coveted and beautiful strains. There's two things that we've found with this with this strain in, in different phenos, and we haven't found them together yet. So I need the audience's help on this one. Maybe we can have somebody find them together. But the first thing we found was like a nice pink pheno, right? There's a lot of pink expression. And so that was really beautiful. And then secondly, I don't know if, oh, sorry, I pulled that off a little too soon. Um, And then secondly, it's a really, really good hasher. So I need someone to find that pink pheno and then hash it and see what that's like. But uh, it was yielding insane numbers. Shout out to howitzer, grunt grown howitzer. Uh, Really, really talented grower, and he did some solventless extraction. So I'm really hyped on the peaches on Regalia. I want to do a hunt on it, Um, and yeah, I just I just love the the peach terps. That sandy trichome head that just feels like uh, salt. It it just washes so so well. Um, You you know what I mean? It doesn't pop, and it's not greasy, but it's also not resinous. It's just like very very solid. That's got to be like a solid trichome berry. So.
1: Has a thicker waxier coating on a trichome head, and that one part of that too is making sure your boron levels are, are dialed in to make sure it has enough wax production. But part of it too is just hunting, just like you're saying, and then also too not having it too humid. If it's super humid going into later flower uh, in your room, You can definitely thin out those those walls and the wax cuticles something develop. They tend to develop more from drier type um, cultivars.
0: And a and a boron deficiency might make them less sturdy. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, especially if you're looking at wax production, like um, uh, uh, boron toxicity can make the leaves kind of like glassy, almost like you spray like leaf shine on them. Uh, that's a boron toxicity uh,
0: uh, oh. signal. Yeah, that is very, very interesting. Um, so yeah, man, I'm I'm really, really happy to see people hashing out these strains and see how they all come out very, very different um, and see the different yields. So yeah, shout out to Wolfman, shout out to Grunt Grown. I'm super stoked on the peaches on Regalia, but... Yeah, thanks for the shout-out, man. Riser Rich does amazing work, and, and I love that peach quake. I can't, I can't say it enough. Right now I got some uh, Hawaiians going. Um, I got some ice cream Wolfman crosses going. Um, th- this tent, unfortunately, is off, or I just turned the camera and show you, but the veg tent is out of sight and looking beautiful. So, so I'm grateful. I'm knocking on wood. No problems this run. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Keeping up on uh, that IPM. Got to stay on your IPM. Oh, yeah.
1: And uh, definitely have not had a chance to grow some of the some of the old gear, and it's definitely yeah, good stuff for sure. When I was out in Oklahoma, I'm uh, just waiting there till next month to to build out my side garden here, and then I'll have a couple plants. I was thinking about putting at least one or two of those Temple type plants out there just to have like a twenty footer, so make the neighbors be like, "What the fuck is this weird
0: white guy?" Grow dude? a tree. Yeah, biggest but, uh, cold, biggest strain I ever saw was I gave my buddy so my buddy Phil. Was introduced to me by a producer Ben. And this guy was like a sapper in Afghanistan. Like the, you know what I mean? The ones clearing the IEDs. Like, what's that movie? The like very dramatized movie. Um, you got it. That that was them essentially. So it was like he's he's out there doing his thing. And I gave him a lemon wreck. And he grew this lemon wreck, which was a train wreck cross to some lemon strain. You know, I was given a tray of cuts. I never popped a seat at that point. I'd only worked with cuts. So I gave him a teen late and he put it outdoor on the hill. And I swear to God, that thing got like 17, 18 feet tall. I'd never seen anything like it at that that point in my life. I had never seen anything like it. I was like, holy fucking shit. Um, I'll never forget that. The humble lemon wreck. So I grew that stuff for a couple of years, and uh, you had to be careful because the buds got so thick you were, you were likely to get the Botrytis on the inside of those buds. That was my biggest concern with that strain. So you just brought me back with the 20 with the, uh, foot tree. Not quite 20 feet, to be fair, I bet it was about 16, 17 feet tall.
1: Speaking of big outdoor plants, you just went out to see Hawaii. How was that? Because I know you know a lot of from the
0: Speaking of Botrytis and high humidity, Let's go to Hawaii. It's it's hard to grow out there, man. Oh my God, it's it's really hard. Um, that's what I learned uh, talking to to folks out there. My parents live in live on Hawaii. Um, they live on the island of Molokai, which is like the desert island, right? Uh, I think there's only like seven thousand people on that island total, and there's one stoplight in the middle of town, and it's just there's a couple of restaurants. It's really really unique living. It's like the deserted island. It's not resorts and, and things like that. It's red dirt. Um it's the it's full of Axis deer. It's the one that uh Rogan did like a riff on, like all oh, the deer. Deer are crazy. That's Molokai. There's so many Axis deer that you just back out, boom, you got venison. Uh you literally you're, you're backing over these things. When it when it droughts, they actually collapse and die. You'll see them dead on the side of the road. It's it's a wild place. Um, it's 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 beautiful, but it's also kind of desolate. Um, and there's two sides to the island too. Like there's a dry side and a, and a wet side. But the, uh, the dry side is really interesting because it's red dirt. Uh, so Steve, it's like super, super rich in iron, so much so that a lot of plants just won't take it. The taproot will hit that red dirt and just cook up. So the people who grow out there have to face a lot of problems. They have to face high humidity on one side of the island, super dry heat on the other side of the island, uh, iron toxicity... You know, soil compaction, budworms, it's, uh, it's really, really nuts. But they've got some great cultivars and that sun-grown Hawaiian, man. I swear that, that Hawaiian sun does something. So it's, it's really, really nice out there. And, yeah, I've got, I've got to explore a lot of the different cultivars and talk to local growers. Um, guy named Molokai Kevin came on my show. Just a guy that's been growing out there for decades. You know, you won't, he doesn't have an Instagram. You won't find him doing any tours or anything like that, Um, but he was kind enough to come on the show. And yeah, just just been growing out there for 20 years and his uncle's got the cut. Everybody's an uncle in Hawaii and the uncle won't give up the cut. Super, super protective of a lot of the cultivars, which I respect in a lot of ways.
1: Um, And explain to people like what you mean by that, because people will come and slash your shit. Like, it's not like other places.
0: People get contentious about breeding provenance in general, man. And on one hand, I understand, which is, you know, we were built on, we built this whole thing on the shoulders of giants and there were people doing this when it was very, very legal. I I understand that. And that's important. However, I feel like sometimes people let that stuff get in the way of the overall message, like the mission of overgrow right access for medicine to patients these are what i believe are more important rights to grow your own uh the free flow of genetics these are the very important things and while people should definitely get their due right people should be credited people get bent out of shape about this stuff man about what happened in the 1990s to this plant that's been around for two million years so i don't know how the how the irony escapes people on that one now in the case of hawaiian genetics you're absolutely right it's just true everyone that i talk to about this is like they're very protective of the cut, like you're saying. And, and in one way, I, 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 like I said, I respect that preservation because that's how you keep things pure a lot of the time, right? So it's very, very interesting in that regard. Um, but a lot of the genetics are also unknown. These would be cultivars. There were a couple of times, shout out to my man Kai. Kai is a, is a buddy of mine out there, and uh, he's grown uh, um, like on and off. He's like a younger guy, but he's from Molokai. He is Molokai just through and through. Um, and I ask him, what's this cultivar? And he goes, oh, it's OG crossed with Molokai strain. And I'm going, what's Molokai strain? He, you know, no one knows. It's uncle's Molokai strain. So it, it really makes you rack your brain. Um, but it's interesting because that provenance gets protected because they're protective of these cuts. And, and yeah, you're right. Like they, they get very, very protective. Everyone does over provenance and who did what and this is mine and and you took that or like you said i want it back or i'll chop down your stuff or whatever it may be um i just think that we need to keep our eyes on the prize about bringing people together that's what this is all about at the end of the day you're allowed to like have your thoughts and opinions and and stand firm on breeder provenance but don't let it get in the way of the community and the whole point of this plan is bringing people together not pushing us apart so so that's something i've been thinking about a lot man
1: I wanted to just add to what you're saying. That's how I lost some of my best cuts was being overly greedy by not giving to a couple people and then I had something horrible happen. That's true too. And then I couldn't too. get it back. That's a very, that, I've effort. regretted that far more than I've regretted not giving something out. I've regretted way more times not giving something out than I have given something out.
0: You know what I mean? That's a really interesting fact. So you have to give it out because yes, you're risking it proliferating and then getting watered down and never being the same. But if you don't give it out, you're risking total loss it's a it's a way to protect the genetics although it's a risk of diluting it that's a really good point man I hadn't thought of it like that and that's exactly what I do right is like I don't want to lose this peach dosi so I gave it to like you know five or six different close members here in the home area so I got it on lock man like I can I can get my fucking fungal infection and be fine I got it on lock so shout out to the homies shout out to Shane
1: it's so cool when he had his um, forest fire at his house. You know, how, how much was lost in that is one example.
0: You never know. Marty,
1: like, fucking co founder of this show. He lost two-thirds of his seed collection because it was at his father's house where most of his growing was, and they had a forest fire, and you know, it was more important to save the humans than to save anything else. So um, making sure that you either have all your seed collection in a fireproof box or in you know, some kind of way that can survive a catastrophe if that's enough you know if i was in california colorado i'd have it like in a fireproof box and a fireproof safe just because i would you know what i mean like but here you know you're in oklahoma like you know as long as it's in a safe even if a tornado comes at least we'll be just stuck into someone from something
0: yeah if the tornado hits it's really going to distribute those seeds all over the that's going to be real proliferated at well, that point
1: on that note, though, when I remember after the Colorado floods in 2012 or 2011—I don't remember what year it was—hiking um, up Boulder Canyon and um, uh, Left Hand Canyon, and because all these houses have been destroyed from the flooding, all the seed stuff got washed into the creek, and there was all of this cannabis growing all up the side of the river from that it got washed out of people's farms or out of their houses or seed collections. So there's like, all these patches of just random genetics all the way up both canyons. That first year, that is
0: wild, man. That's well, there you go. You know, there's multiple ways to get the job done to proliferate. Sometimes you just see you you hitch a ride on a flood. That's wild. The Colorado (laughs) flood grown, man. Oh, yeah.
1: Colorado. (laughs) Um, you have uh, uh, anything else that you can tell us about Hawaii in terms of genetics? Yeah, Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got to reel me
0: in, man. I'm pretty high. I'm pretty high tonight. So. So yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, shout out to Good Gear Seeds. Shout out to Old Bay. Uh, a member named Old Bay introduced me to these guys, Good Gear Seeds. Um, and they sent me some seeds and I hunted through them. So I'd like to tell you audience members about these cultivars. And if you like them, you should pick up something similar. If you like the profiles that I'm about to describe. I could talk strains all day, man. I mean, let me tell you, this is this is my bread and butter. Like I said, I think this is what it's all about. Um, so the first strain that I grew was called Molokai Citrus Kush. And I had to grow it because it was from Molokai, right? So it's funny, it was, you know, bred on Molokai and then from the Good Gear guys on the Big Island, or whatever, and then shipped to Oklahoma. And I grew this plant and man, it was the biggest plant in my tent. Steve, I expected it to be hungry for micronutrients because it grew in this red dirt, right? But I don't think that's necessarily the case that it grows in a dirt. You know what I mean? It grows in a rich environment that it necessarily feeds on iron. I bet it was just resistant to that iron because it wasn't extra hungry for micronutrients. I don't know how you feel about that.
1: Well, so a lot of time, at least, okay, so this is what I'm basing the statement off of Let me preface it with that. In Jamaica and in Africa, we had high iron um, soils, just like you're talking about. It sounds mm-hmm. very similar, but we also have super high manganese, which helps with THC expression. So, we were short on cobalt, short on molybdenum, and short on nickel. There was like none. We had to add some of that. But all the rest of it was there in terms of micronutrients. Boron, we had to boost a little bit, but that was easy enough with, with what we were doing. So, But that, that tends to be like the all the iron-heavy stuff I've always found was high in manganese as well, which would explain at least why your, your cannabinoid expression was at least decent regardless.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I had wondered about that because I was like, okay, this thing grew in red dirt. I was ready with the, with the extra iron. Didn't really see that issue. But the macronutrient feed was insane. Like this thing just ate and ate and ate and ate. I could not keep up with this plant. It got so big. Um, and it, the second time around, I had a better handle on it. But uh, it ate a lot and it did better on 11-13. I got I to gotta shout out the altered light cycle. Something closer to what they have in Hawaii a lot of the year. So... I don't know about how you feel about that altered light cycle, but this plant, they told me to run it on 1113. I was skeptical. I did it, and it finished way better. It finished more evenly. It wasn't pushing out extra growth. It was fascinating to see, man. It was fascinating to see that this thing probably did grow in that equatorial zone and probably did accustom itself to that. I don't know if you would back that up or not, but I I saw it in an observational manner. I I believe that's what I was observing. A
1: lot of those equatorial ones, they're queued in for like a 30 minute time change, right? From night to day. That's it. But what's cool about that is you can exploit that. So I can, a lot of them, you can run it like 18 hours and veg and cut it to like 14 or 16 and they'll go to flower. Like you don't even need to have a like 12. They just need to have that like two hour difference. Right. Enough difference. I've seen that with some equatorials in Jamaica, especially you're screwing around with some of the test runs and the shipping containers. That was definitely one of the you know, one of the things that you're we fucking with. But um, a lot of the equatorial ones, too, um, you know, if you give them a ton of extra light, they'll get massive. Like, they'll veg so fucking fast and, and get, you know, just insane substructure, I was not prepared. Especially something, you throw a little supplemental light on them for like a month and they'll get, you know, monstrosis in size.
0: Yeah, man. I was not prepared for that at all. So um, I'm seeing, I don't think I have a picture of the citrus kush on my website, uh, on my uh, Instagram. That's a shame. Um, So what ended up happening with this plant is I ended up with massive colas that I probably could have fed even more. And the terpenes on this plant were insane. The Molokai citrus kush, apparently there's some hash plant lineage in there. I was expecting some citrus and there really wasn't much lemon or lime. This thing smelled like someone threw a pallet full of Sharpie markers into a bonfire. It's, it smelled like uh, someone did a burnout or like Tokyo drifting through a, <laughs> through a shipping container full of Sharpie markers. It, it's, it smelled like burnt rubber and burnt Sharpies and a bonfire. And I fucking, I loved it. It was the loudest, most volatile thing out of my tent that run. But I think it was because it was like very volatile terpenes um, because they were very greasy. Right? Super, super greasy. Smoked really, really well in flour. Um, covered in silver trichomes, like beautiful shining. But I bet if you watch, I'd like to see how that washed. I bet it would do better in a solvent extraction or something because it felt very, very greasy to the touch. Um, and yeah, that was my first experience growing something. I mean, I'd grown like a, a land race cross from like heart and soil. Shout out, Brett. You know, like Afghan crosses or things like that. But I think as far as exotic strains that I've grown, that might have been the number one was the Molokai citrus kush. Ended up smelling so delicious. Um, so yeah, just really, really unique. What I, I preferred some of the peach stuff in the ice cream wolfman myself. But if you like um like cerebral, hard hitting, but not fruity equatorials, this this one is for you. Funky and dirty, but still kind of has that that je ne sais quoi from the from the tropical side. Yeah, really good shit, man. The Molokai citrus kush
1: so that's awesome. Um, have you f- found any other particular interesting chirping things in the last year? terms of the chirping profiles or like unique Ooh. smell stuff. Um, we've been finding all kinds of weird, funky stuff that I've never smelled before. We have one that's like, uh, like a super, super like sour warhead vanilla. Like I've never smelled that combo before.
0: Oh, I love that sour stuff, man. <clears throat> I remember some really good sour weed when I was younger. Like I never got the roadkill skunk that everybody was talking about. Everybody were like reminiscing on this roadkill skunk. I didn't get that in high school. I've talked about this before. You know, I got the cat piss and stuff like that. That Like when we imported weed from California, it'd be really good California cat piss. But then the other day I was remembering I would get some sour, some real sour, like you're describing, like a warhead type sour. Um, I'm not sure who's working on that stuff right now. Let me know. I'd like, I'd like to know. But I remember, like, not so much the sour diesel, just like straight sour strains.
1: Well, I have, like, describing. six different sour strains. Well, there so you go. I
0: am yeah. fucking game because I remember that. I remember that Terp profile.
1: Shout out Infamous Gardens. The sour OG is
0: ridiculous. Oh, well, I mean, come on. Can't go wrong. I love a good OG. I'm going to pop some Blackwater OG next. Um, shout out to Flower Farm. He gave me some really good seeds. Um, that I'm excited about, but yeah, what I found this year, what I found this last year, um, one of the most unique, definitely the Molokai Citrus Kush, my favorites. Creature feature, Riser Rich's creature feature. This is um, Ice Cream Wolfman on one side, which is a Riser Rich strain. That's created from Compound Man, uh, Compound Genetics Ice Cream Man, crossed to Riser Rich's F Berry. That's how we got Ice Cream Wolfman. And that one's really really nice. Apricot. Um, creamy ice cream, huckleberry, chocolate, all comes out of that ice cream wolfman side. And then the creature feature is the ice cream wolfman male pollinated to TK Lotto, Triangle Kush by Gelato. And I'm not the biggest gelato fan. I'm gonna be straight up, I'm gonna be straight up with the audience right now. I'm not the biggest gelato fan. And I've hunt a lot of creature feature. And uh the same the strain is now sold out. It's Grow Cast Seed Co, but it's gone. But uh, I'm gonna convince him to work it more. Anyways. Um, so I've hunted this a lot. And when I find one that's like gelato 2.0, I scoot it right out of my tent. But what you find are these sour milk, sour, foul gelato, um, white chocolate terps. Um, really, really unique shit. The one that was like the most kind of sour milk from a cereal bowl, leftover one I lost. That's what I call the creature feature one. And it was so good and i don't have that one anymore Uh, it was lost between the fungal infection and the move i ended up resetting and i didn't get the creature feature one back so that was sad but then the creature feature three that i got this one is very complex everyone i handed to says it smells like something different to me it smells like white chocolate like ghirardelli white chocolate Um, but i've heard everything from sweet to berry to piss to foul um it's just one of those ones I've talked about this before, but like Steve, I almost look at flavors like a um, what is that thing called? An EQ visualizer with music, where you, on the left side you got the low end, so when the bass is up, you know that one's raising, and on the right side you have the treble, the high end, and that one's raising up. That's exactly how I see taste with with cannabis and with everything. And you know that low end kind of like um, coating your mouth. That's all the the low flavors. Um, foul funk uh you know nasty low-end stuff and then the earthy might be above that towards like that middle range of savory and and flowery working your way up to the treble like the higher end brighter notes you know you get into the fruits and things like that i kind of see flavor as that that eq graph that visualizer from your windows media player for those who are old like me Um, and Sometimes you get a one-dimensional strain that's just like a spike on the EQ graph. And sometimes you like that one-dimensional strain. Holy shit, this strain tastes just like coffee. Every time I sniff it, it tastes like coffee. It only tastes like coffee. It only smells like coffee, but it smells like coffee. Those are like one-dimensional strains, which I, I, I like, right? A lot of the time, if you like that one dimension. But then there's ones that are super complex. Maybe you could call them full spectrum. And the audience knows what I'm talking about. This is the one where you go back in for four, five, six, twelve sniffs, just trying to put your finger on what the fuck you're smelling. That is a complex flavor. That's a full spectrum, well-produced beat on that EQ graph, and um, that's what I got with the Creature Feature Three, and it had a lot of strains this year that that blew me away. I just found myself going back in over and over and over, and I think that that's what people fucking love—real connoisseurs. Love that that complex can't put my fucking finger on it type Turk profile.
1: Almost like a really good plu out or a really good wine that has like that evolving flavor where you're trying to find all the different notes in it. Um, yeah, hundred really
0: percent. Yeah, front end, back end, exhale. Getting a strain that tastes like it smells—that's a hard one, right, Steve? I mean, you don't see that a lot. Uh, there's a couple of strains that I just wish would would taste just like it smells, but that's rare.
1: Well, and what's interesting too, so let's use an example of chocolate turps. The ones that smell really chocolatey don't often sometimes they do, but often they don't taste very chocolate. But the ones that smell like an electrical fire, like a burnt plastic bag, those ones taste like chocolate once you combust it. So I always thought it was weird that like one of them smells like chocolate, but a different one tastes like chocolate. Yeah, um, that's was so so that was like a really bizarre trick on, on, on the human senses. But there's men, that, that's just one example of, of many, you
0: know. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, right now in front of me, I got some beautiful, uh, just nice. Um, this is It's Fire by Jinx Proof. This one smells like it has a really nice menthol terp. You ever get that like nose opening, almost eye watering menthol? It's really nice. Stuff makes me like alert and like, this is great for a show. It still gets me fucked up. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm going to smoke more of this and I'm not going to be able to speak soon enough. But <laughs> that particular menthol terp, I feel like is really it's energizing. I like it a lot.
1: I've been really digging hard on this. I got some blueberry from uh, infamous gardens. at am very A great little chop out there. And um, blueberry is fucking fire, man. It gets me it rings my bell almost as hard as a banana turps
0: to. Rings your bell nice. Nice, nice and stony.
1: Yeah, just like you smoke it, you're just like, fuck, I am I'm fucked up right here.
0: Too (laughs) high. That's what I like. I like
1: not necessarily too high, but like within like two minutes, you know that you just smoked a bowl. There's no like, oh did I hit that? No, you know you
0: hit that. You can't just power through this type of stone. I I like that, (laughs) man. I like I like I'm too high you know i like i can't ignore this it's so strong um i like my eyes are falling like my my eyes are so heavy i can't keep them open that's another those are the effects that i'm after um you know i think people other people have more nuanced things that they chase like creativity and you know uh, uplifting this or that but i really like those sedative strains so yeah i guess i got to get to know those particular terpenes right you know, I've been told terpinolene, but I've also been told terpinolene is uplifting. I've literally heard the two opposite things about that—that that, uh, terpene. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I really like the sedative effects. Um, the peach dosi was really, really nice. That was very sedative.
1: We uh, we did an open pollination with some dosis last run, and the yeah. um, banana punch dosi though. The seedlings on that are some of the best looking plants that we have in the whole new collection reeks of banana and it's on like node six and they're only like six inches tall. I think they're super squat oh, and dense yeah. as hell and loving the sun. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one.
0: I love those banana terps, like real banana. I like the fake kind of banana candy too, but like real banana peel terps. That's my shit.
1: I think one of the more interesting ones that we have right now, we have the, Siam Syrup V2, it's another one from Hummus Gardens, Um, that's just heavy on the guava peach mango turps, like all at once, but specifically on the guava, and it just has that unique, like, fermented fully ripe guava smell that's just so hard to find. uh, Mm -hmm. I I haven't found any that smell like this, not this loud, at least.
0: Yeah, those guava turps are really nice. We had a um, we had a space guava's that was really, really nice on that guava turp, that sweet tropical. Like you said, I feel like all those tropical fruits almost have a ripe vibe to them. Like papaya, it just tastes like it's got that, not rotten, but it's really, really close to that, I feel like. So, yeah, I, I love the tropical terps, man. Here, let me pack a pipe here. Is that okay? Can we do that? Are we going to get in trouble for that on here? <clears throat> for what? <laughs> no, I see you've been smoking. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Um, what you yeah, you've had a lot of great guests on lately? Uh, what's some of the cooler guests that you've had on? Some of the more interesting episodes, and then uh, some of the oh, more uh, more interesting things that you've learned with some of these more recent uh, guests that you've had on since the last time you've been
0: on. Well, let's see. Um, I did just do a class with uh, Nick. Shout out to Nick from Rooted Leaf. Um, it was great doing a class with him, and he's come on the show a couple of times, and. Yeah, we just get into all sorts of stuff, man. It, it's, it's a lot of fun. When we, when we were talking about calcium, um, he was talking about this phenomenon known as calcium waves that I had not heard about before, uh, like this intracellular exchange of calcium. Like even though it's an immobile nutrient, it's like got this ability to transmit between cells. And it kind of became this trippy conversation, which is like the connectivity of all things and this ability to exchange energy. Um, it took this very like meta turn. Uh, but I ended up looking up some of the papers on calcium waves and, and this idea that that calcium does move even though it's immobile and when you for instance there, there's a wound in your plant, calcium waves occur where there's like a wash and a backwash right from the origin of the the source of the wound very, very interesting stuff and that high level stuff is hard for me man like I'm not a, I'm not a Steve Raisner here. I can't just dig into these research papers and and retain that type of information. I need someone to break it down for me and be like Okay, well, imagine you got a hard-boiled egg, right? <laughs> like, you got, you got to give me an analogy here. You got to give me something that I can wrap my head around. So, uh, so, yeah, it helps. It helps to talk to people like you, to talk to people like him, kind of break it down for a layperson. But, but yeah, it was interesting to talk about calcium moving from cell to cell and immobile nutrient being rather agile. Um, and I would never heard of that. So I was, I was reading up a little bit on the calcium waves. So, you know, still learning, still a student, right? Like, the more you learn, the more there is to learn.
1: Not only that, but think about, like, just how different everything is now from when we were in school. Like, we weren't even taught about archaea.
0: <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's there's a, a lot... whole,
1: whole massive group of microbes that we're now studying constantly. So um...
0: We weren't taught about a lot of things, Steve. You're absolutely right. We weren't taught about. Health, let alone microbiology, which is a key to health, can you believe that we weren't taught about? Like you said, we didn't weren't taught about gardening, how to be self-sustainable, how to be happy. We weren't taught any of those things, man. Well, um, uh, interesting,
1: interesting point on the health thing is something I often talk about when I teach classes. You know, everyone listening to this show has probably spent hours and hours and hours reading up on cannabis nutrients, right? How many hours of people listen to this show? thought of and research their own nutrient requirements. The same way so they'll the plants. I'm and guilty, you know man. what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it's, it's silly, but when you put it in that context, it's like, oh damn, like I should probably look that up. You know what I mean? I don't know, I just, I always so found right. that interesting that
0: people you're are so like, right, man. About um, the plants. Yeah, they don't so think good. about themselves in that
1: same context as like, they are a, a plant type creature that needs its own nutrient balance in the same way that their, their, their ganja does. So,
0: Um, to that, to that point, I was going through some serious health issues at one point in my life. Um, and at this particular time I went to a functional medicine doctor who took my blood and said, I'm going to look at your nutrient levels. We're going to do all these different samples. And he, and he tested my acid levels. Um, dude, it was like 300 and something dollars. And that was a lot of money to young Jordan. I was like, God damn, like I'm, I'm in, I'm suffering. I got to invest in this. I felt so much fucking better when he got those numbers back and gave me these fucking, advice. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like malnourished and I didn't even know it to your point. It's absolutely true. And you would probably spend a $300 test if you knew it would, you know, make your plants a hundred times better. But when it comes to your own body, you're like, ah, 300 fuck. I don't know. (laughs) Like You really gotta, you gotta change Mm -hmm. those priorities. Steve, you nailed it. That's really funny.
1: The biggest thing is just eat a diverse range of greens. Eat uh, seafood at least once or twice a week and don't eat too much red meat. And you're good. Like it's, it's not that hard. You just have to, don't eat the same shit every night. Basically, Uh,
0: I need to eat more greens, bro. But uh, yeah, I got on the, on the vitamin train and it it changed a lot. And some, and some, uh, you know, gut health stuff. And yeah, I, that is a big, I used to do the coffee health and science podcast, man. I'm thinking about rebooting that show. But like that, I I feel very strongly about this stuff, Steve. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, the plants, the plants nutrient deficiency. You know what I mean? You're snacking on some Doritos, watching these plants. How can I feed these plants better? (laughs) That's me. You've been
1: been working with some uh, cool handicapped stuff too to help people with with disabilities grow cannabis. And you want to touch on that? that Yes, sir.
0: Thank you. Shout out to Canna Capable. My buddies at Canna Capable, Um, we have the Order of Cultivation, our little family, our membership program. And in there, we have a couple of esteemed members. Uh, Shout out to Crazy Legs. Yes, that's right. Crazy Legs, my main man, and uh, as well as Geeky. Um, They run Canna Capable, which is a group of uh, wheelchair-bound cannabis growers. And they have all sorts of tips and advice on on how to do this, you know, oh, they have the website of no way. So obviously, um, you know, they're like instantly a tight knit group like everybody who joins loves the family. Um, This might be this website might be in the works. Yeah, It looks great. So shout out to Canna capable. Um, We have been uh, they they were kind of born out of our membership right so i'm just helping them and supporting them, however, I can, and uh, they're going to be at the upcoming class in rockford but more importantly we're going to be putting putting on some meetups so we got a vendor day for instance uh shout out next level garden supply they're our buddies in rockford i really want to shout them out i love those people and uh, they support canna capable and they support growcast and home grower education so i'm really just excited to be a part of this um geeky and crazy legs are like friends of mine so it's just really cool to to see this and it like it changes the way you think about everything steve like when you're gardening and in your full health it's it's hard enough you know what i mean you really start to break down every little thing you have to do for your for your tent and when i think about it you know automation there's a lot of different ways to automate it's really gotten me thinking about like hands-off approaches and where the most um where the most physically intensive parts lie right i was thinking about plant training and how intensive it is to FIM a tent and SCROG a tent. Like that's, that's a whole kind of labor division in and of itself. And certain growing styles, like for instance, if you take plant count out of the equation and you do smaller plants at a higher amount, right? And you fill that canopy with plants that you don't really need, even need to top and that'll support themselves a lot of the time, certain cultivars. Now you just took that support out of the equation. It's one of the reasons that we need to raise plant counts man what i just fucking said which is you're trying to say that okay you got to get a medical card you got to be real sick to to grow in order to grow that's when we're going to give you a license okay now you got your license but you're only allowed to grow five plants well that means you're gonna have to grow these big-ass plants which is really hard to do like there's a lot of training involved there's a lot more time involved there's a lot more physical interaction involved uh with with those types of growing should eliminate that plant count, throw down a bunch of seeds and have smaller plants to support themselves. It's just a really interesting thing. And Canon Capable got me thinking in like a different light on like labor division and automation. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to automate now.
1: That's wonderful. Um, definitely cool to see people working down down, down, down that space. We worked on a bunch of that when I worked with the aquaponic source, um, you know, we had a whole uh, system built out just for you know, people in wheelchairs that they could reach that were not quite as deep. You know, again, they don't have the same kind of ability to lean over or anything like that that we do. So, um, you can definitely you know adapt systems to people that that have those needs. Uh, yeah, 100. See people uh, promoting that.
0: So they got a Discord. Um, find Canna Capable. There's a website up, and they uh, find them on Instagram. They are also on Instagram at Canna Capable. So get in their Discord if that resonates with you. Oh. that's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to get uh, I'm trying to get automated again, too, man, because people think about automation and they think about like what I used to know as automation. Right. Drip systems on a timer uh, in cocoa most of the time. Right. That's that's how I've seen automated setups kind of been how they've been run since when I first started growing. Um, but now I see a lot more of this like living soil type automation like uh uh, you get a blue mat type water system with the with one of the soaker hoses and you get a living soil bed it's a whole different type of automation i think that that's going to be my next grow style Um, because right now i'm on liquid organics but i want to get something that i can just leave town you know what i mean have you ever had that set up steve i mean does that work forgive me forgive me does that work with aquaponics that way can i walk away from aquaponics for 10 days or no
1: yeah, no. In fact, that's one of the things Marty and I always joke about. Is like we can go away for four or five days and like not, or you know, as long as I pruned everything and like I grow in the lights, like everything is fine. That's right. <laughs> so,
0: well, you get the four inches of vertical growth a day. You might have to run. You run into that problem a little bit quicker.
1: I'll tell you what, man. We now that we got everything dialed in with the the fish fermentation, and we're getting like. Not quite as fast as aquaponics, but we're certainly getting on maybe two thirds of the growth that we're getting with aquaponics uh, with the living soil now with this this rapid fish fermentation. So,
0: oh, you know what? My producer has told me I'm being um, being told that that was not the website. So make sure to follow Canna Capables. Oh on my bad. IGN. I apologize. Well, that's okay. That's okay. That's fine. Um, that was a yeah. Okay. What no is problem. the what is the proper one? I, okay. I will find uh, I will find them there. Canna Capable on Instagram uh i mean to blow up your spot yeah my shout out to the producer was just on that canna underscore capable on here i'll share my screen on instagram here's where you can find them
1: i apologize guys on that one
0: no problem man <laughs> so perfect canna capable on instagram shout out yeah man i'm excited uh we've got a lot of big things planned this year like i try to stay busy right and um I want to do more live events. I said this on your show, I believe as well, which is everybody kind of went real digital and real isolated, right? During the, the big thing. So now I want to bring people back together, do the in-person thing. That's what I said. And it worked. Like that's what's happening. These meetups that we have going on, um, you know, there's a Florida meetup, February 25th. Uh, we've got classes, like I said, and, and we get people together. So we break bread with each other. We swap genetics. We smoke together. And it's been a really, really good time, man. Yeah. I just got to get you out here. Or better yet, I'll get out there. That's Yeah, the- you need to come out here. That's what we need to do
1: is do a Bangkok summit and, uh, and do something fun out here in Southeast Asia. Yeah. yeah. And we're, we're
0: working cop. on we're it. Uh, Let's we're do working it. on it. Uh,
1: uh, it's not in stone yet, but there is something in the works for a cannabis event and then uh, like a week-long Seed Hunter tour. We'll go around and tour a bunch of cool Thai farms and everything. You guys get a chance to meet growers and things like that and make it like a whole like immersive cannabis Thailand experience, which I think your people are going to be really, really interested in. So uh, it's in the works um, in the planning phases right now, but it's coming guys. We got some Hell bullshit time yeah. for you guys. Oh
0: man, I'm there. Yeah. Get some good Thai food. Go see the farms. Nice big event. Get everybody together. I am there. I'm all in on that.
1: Alrighty. Well, uh, I don't want to take up your whole morning, uh,
0: or I guess evening where you are morning, <laughs> it's morning where you are. It's right. This is fun, man. Yeah. I got really stoned. I hope I did. Okay. Uh, audience members. Uh, thanks for hanging. I got really, really high. It's always good chatting with Steve with Wes. It's cool. Cool. Smoking together. Uh, I like that. I like that. So, so thank you guys. I appreciate you.
1: Always fun. Always enjoy having you on. Uh, always, I miss hanging out with you, man. We used to hang out on a regular basis in, in Oklahoma. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely looking forward to, uh, to seeing you. And I will be doing a, a, an American tour at some point this year, but uh, I got to get a harvest or two down first before, we, uh, before I walk away for a couple of days.
0: <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Well, we, uh, we will be ready. We'll, we'll fucking smoke some good rosin out here, and then I might just hitch a ride back with you so right yeah i appreciate Um, you man um and and we got to kick it soon we got to kick it soon and if you guys want to uh check out more of jordan you
1: can check him out over at uh uh, growcast.com growcastpodcast.com and then uh, at growcast on instagram and uh at growcast on uh, youtube
0: that's right come and give us a follow um hey there's the episode that i mentioned right there at the top um, Steve, we'll get you back on the show. We got a bunch of people coming on. Every Monday, we drop an episode, so you can look forward to that. Every Wednesday, we do Growcast TV live for the members. Uh, membership is awesome. We do a ton of giveaways in there. There's members-only discounts. Uh, we'll solve your plant problems 24-7. Mary Beth Sanchez is in there. She's in there exclusively now. She's not even on Instagram. Um, she's really only doing work with us. Shout out to the great Mary Beth. I love her dearly. Um, and, yeah, just check us out. All of our classes at growcastpodcast.com slash classes our good friend, Matthew Gates. We're gonna be just doing something really, really big. A uh, Spoiler alert, it has to do with pests, but uh, there is way more coming up. So just check it out. You see all the meetups up there as well. So more on the way. And thank you, Steve, for having me. Just subscribe to Growcast, everybody. That's where you'll hear all about it.
1: And uh, check out his, his awesome Patreon as well. It gives you access to the Discord. There's all kinds of fun shenanigans that are up there on there all the time. So.
0: Yeah, Steve's in the Discord as well, so. I appreciate you popping in voice chat, dude. Fucking voice chat gets rowdy. Shout out to the voice chat heroes.
1: Especially if it's like early morning uh, American times. I have nobody to talk to at that time of day here. Hell yeah. (laughs) yeah.
0: That's right, man. Basically 24-7, you know. Shout out. Shout out to everybody. We got members in in Pakistan, man. Uh, We got members in uh, Netherlands. And anyways, it's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. This was really dope. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Always
1: always love having you on. Always love collaborating. And uh, we'll definitely uh, come up with some cool stuff here soon for, for the community as always. Love it. And uh, you guys can find me. I'll be actually traveling to Bangkok next week and then down to Pattaya for a day or two. And then we'll be headed east to go see some more farmers down uh, closer to the, um, uh, the Laos border and then heading up north, or Cambodian border. I'm sorry. Yeah, Cambodian border on that side. Um, headed down that way and then headed up north to Buriram and then over. So uh, I'll be on a bit of a straight hunting tour uh, with a friend of mine. We'll be checking out some nature stuff, checking out some farms. Um, I'll have beans with me. If you're anywhere down in that area, hit message me online at Potiponics or um, on uh, Instagram and, uh, and then we'll, we'll meet up. But uh, I'll have stuff with me to trade. And, um, you know, we'll definitely be wanting to, to film some stuff and, 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 you know, show off what the people are doing down there. So hit me up, uh, if you're going to be doing that, there will not be a show next week. And the week after, um, again, I have a friend visiting from Canada, so we're going to, I'm taking my long deserved uh, break after working basically almost basically every day since I got here. So, um uh, I'm going to take a break for a few minutes. uh, but, uh, but definitely check it out and, um, we will have content available for you. Again, I'll have all kinds of cool videos going up while I'm traveling. It's not like phone people stuff stuff. You guys check out. There just won't be the normal live stream uh, for the next two weeks, at least for the show. And then uh, I think Wes is going to hold down the, the other show for us while I'm away. And uh, we'll see. Depending on where I'm at, unless i are my pocket. Yeah, man. Uh, how do people find you there, Wes? Well, the best place is over at That Smoke Show. Uh, we like to hang out there every Wednesday night. Um. Yeah, uh, evolving cast. Uh, always lots of lots of new friends and faces and uh, interesting discussions over there. But uh, yeah, and you can also find me on uh Instagram as wes Engine, and yeah, man. Awesome. And you can find me at uh, Growing Efficient Podcast or Growing All the podcast apps on GrowingPodix.com, OpenNutrientProject.com, and then we have our classes, which you guys saw earlier in the episode uh, apmjclass.com and the class.com. I do have a nutrient class that I, at some point will have time to finish filming. Uh, that will be up at some point in spring. Um, I just have to finish editing it and finish, uh, the last couple of slides in terms of filming So uh, that'll be available and that's an in-depth, um, course on nutrients and microbes for aquaponics that's geared towards all crops, uh, which I think is badly needed. There isn't really a good top to bottom on that in the market. So you guys will really enjoy that. And then just a ton of cool content. I mean, where the farm is really about to pop off on all cylinders, the transformer will be turned out there tomorrow. Uh, and then we'll finally we have power across the entire farm and we'll really be off to the races. So you should check that out. We're about to make the farm three times bigger in the next couple of days. Fuck it. Yeah. I posted a cool walk there on YouTube yesterday Instagram this morning. The farm. Check that out. You want know, to see what happens? All right, guys, take it easy. Cheers. A uh, big shout out. I did want to give a quick thank you to Nam, um, I want to sure I mentioned his name right. Hooked us up with a bunch of great seeds out here in Thailand this week. Um, his name is N A N T A B H A T on Instagram. Great dude. Um, hooked us up with a bunch of old school skunk stuff, a bunch of old UK okay, cheese, okay, like a bunch of just insane fire gen next things connected to the use that like how he got them on the carpet, a bunch of mephisto packs, and a bunch of like a bunch of just crazy crazy shit that he's hooked us up with. Can't so uh Big thank you to him this week, and uh, big thank you to the homies. And, well, I don't want. I'll thank them later. I don't want to get them in trouble. Um but uh big thank you to the other homies who the seeds. I'll leave it that. All right guys. Thanks everybody for watching. Again, no show the next two weeks at least for this. There will be content at the normal time. We will not have a live show. All right guys, thanks for